Hello, my name is Aziz, and I'm the son of a divorced mother. She's really my superhero. That's why it's important for me to support women to share their uniqueness, their personalities, perspectives, and emotions about life. Too many women in this world feel alone. They worry about the judgment of others and they struggle with their mental health. But when they listen to the Rare Girls podcast, where empowered women share their voices and tell their stories, many women will feel inspired to live a life of freedom and to overcome all insecurities. They will feel it is a safe space to find their confidence to remember their unique beauty and to feel their self-worth and they will connect with the sisterhood of rare girls who encourage their success and support their dreams that's what this podcast is all about my guest today is mariam mir mariam lives in virginia born and raised in the u.s her parents are originally from afghanistan Mariam has a degree in information systems from George Mason University, and she loves to travel, to try new restaurants, and to spend her free time with her loved ones. Mariam, how are you today? Hi, Aziz. Thank you. I'm great. How are you? I feel blessed. I feel positive. I feel excited to know much more about you as a person and as a woman. So I'll begin with this nice first question, which is, if your friends and your loved ones could describe your personality, what would they say about you? I think my friends would say that I'm a very a caring, um, genuine, strong, a trustworthy, independable person. I love that. Let's begin with the word strong. There are a lot of women nowadays who maybe growing up have been criticized in bullied in school, parents who are critical, teachers, whatever it is. And they grow up and they feel weak and they stay in their comfort zone because they worry too much that they might make a mistake. And so they limit their life and reality. How does this compare to yourself describing yourself as strong? And what's your advice to those women? Sure. You know, um, life tests you, right? And you're put in difficult situations. And it's really about your mindset and how you're able to overcome things. Um, there's been, you know, instances in my life and um, growing up where I've been placed in situations that have been difficult. And I think that I would say I agree with my friends or anyone who would describe me as strong is because I have been able to overcome those difficulties by always having a positive mindset. I think it's really important to be able to always think of positivity in the situations. And it's not always easy, right? When you are in those difficult situations, um, um, but be able to always know that, you know what, things will get better. Things are going to get better. And just to really have that drive to keep pushing through and reaching your goal, I think that is that it all starts with your mindset. I agree 100%. That's very, very wise and very, very useful. Very, very much. Thank you for that. And you said that you keep pushing and you keep your drive, even when there is 
difficulty and obstacles for you to overcome, which is great. Some women say that that is too much masculine energy within their body, that they will feel exhausted, that they feel it's too much of a burden, they would like support within that way. So for you, how do you stay an ambitious woman who is driven and pushing towards her goal, but at the same time, take care of balancing your feminine energy, if that's relevant to you, or how do you perceive this? Well, honestly, sometimes I believe that you have no choice but to be strong. And by that, I mean that you're placed in situations that either you can overcome them and become successful, or you can stay in your comfort zone and kind of sulk it in and, you know, think that I need to depend on others or, you know, I can't do this. And and then you're kind of stuck in where you are, you know, like um, I've been placed in different situations that I've had to come to make that decision. I've always been, I'm going to give you an example. I've always been somebody who um, growing up, I felt like I really kind of relied on my family and I still do, but I grew up from that sense and thinking that, you know what, I have my family, they're there, but I don't rely on them um, in terms of I know that I can be on my own and I can make it on my own and achieve my goals. But yeah, my family will be there um, if I need them or if I need that extra support, right, that balance. But if I want to achieve that goal or if I want to get where I want to be, I can do that on my own. I just need to push through. 100%. And you said that your friends will describe you as someone who's dependable, someone who's genuine to you when you meet new people. Maybe, you know, there are some women and girls who are moving somewhere, maybe even moving to Dubai, and they will go away from those friends they had for a long, long time to make new friends and meet new people. What do you look for in order to tell this is my kind of person, someone who is genuine and someone who is true? Or uh, the red flags that lets you know this person may be charismatic, but they're actually full of red flags and they will probably (laughs) change like a chameleon (laughs) in the end. How do you perceive this? What's your experience and perspective? Yeah, sure. To me, being an honest uh, person is everything. And by honest, I mean somebody who's real, Um, you know, somebody who's going to sit with you and have those real raw conversations, not this superficial, um, you know, kind of kind of not what they're going to, you know, what you want to hear. It's more like I want to know what the real you is. Right. Because and I'm very good at being able to kind of tell if someone is genuine and honest or if someone is kind of just putting up that act that's superficial or you know um and again to some level of degree I'm not I'm not judging anyone but for me I wouldn't want to connect with that person that I don't feel that they're being uh, honest um and I'm I'm usually very good at being able to tell uh if somebody is or somebody's not but it really stems with um uh, you know their character um, and, you know, what you're kind of talking about. If I'm sitting with somebody new and if, I, if I'm introduced to them and, you know, if we're going to sit there and we're going to talk about, you know, hey, yeah, you know, my goal for this next year is X, Y, Z, or, you know, this is what I want to do or versus that person going to sit here and say, oh, my gosh, you know, X, Y, Z about <laughs> this some person. I'm going to know immediately, OK, what kind of person they are, their character in a way. And if that is somebody, do I want to connect with somebody on that level when they're worried about superficial level of um, things versus somebody who is 
real, raw, open, good and bad with me. I love that. That's absolutely very, very true. And it makes me think some women suffer from being people pleasers where they think truth hurts if I say to someone what I really think or if I don't want to do something and I say no, I might hurt them. And they sacrifice their own integrity and themselves for the temporary appeasement of some other people. One, how do you dare, if we might say, because to some women that might feel daring to say no and set boundaries? And what's your perspective or advice to those women so that they show their true selves? Because in my own experience and perspective, when you show your real self, it's actually perfect because the wrong people will go away and the right people, they will love it. And therefore you save time and you'll be filling your universe with the right people rather than with random people. But again, about women, people pleasing and how that can make them compromise their integrity and character because they want to protect another person's emotions and feelings. I think it's very important to always put yourself first in life. Um, set your boundaries, you know, you have to sit and think what's best for me, you know, and that doesn't mean that you have to completely not care about someone else's feelings. No, but you can keep in mind that what I'm going to say or the decisions I'm going to make, I'm going to think of myself first and I can keep in mind that person's feelings or, you know, their thoughts and kind of do a combined, um, you know, choice together versus just you know what, I'm going to try to please somebody else. That's not right. You know, and if that person is good for you or somebody that you should have in your life, they're going to want you to, you know, put yourself first. I think that's healthy for both relationships. I agree with that. And to ask you, you studied information uh, systems. Usually that is a field that is very, very logical, where to some women who might need and crave variety and emotions that might make them feel like they're not feeling fully alive when doing that. How did you balance the potential and possibility? And how do you do it in your day to day life, where you can progress on your goals, do things that could be logical, or uh, more robotic in a sense, and at the same time, do creative things that are more chaotic and emotional if you do need that. Yeah, so yep, I definitely I studied in information systems and I currently work in the cybersecurity field so it is very logical typical field of IT and um I think the way that I'm able to really balance um life in terms of you know, emotions and uh, setting my goals is I really have in my mind I have it limited that you know what I I'm doing this from this time to this time after this, you know, 4 p.m. or whatever. It's me time now. Now it's time to focus on Miriam. What that what that that means that, you know, treating myself in whichever way that means, spending time with whoever, going out, because um, I work from home. <laughs> so getting out of the house, getting a change of scenery. And, you know, what really helps me, though, to kind of, I guess you can say detox or unwind from all of it is kind of looking forward to my next trip. <laughs> I love to always um, travel and I keep that in mind that, you know, I have something booked at a certain time so that I'm always able to relay back on that. Well, you know what? You have this coming up. So it's something to look forward to, something to plan to. So that is something that is a key point that helps, I guess, push me through. Tell me more about that. 
what does travel give you? Is it that you go have new experiences, fill yourself with new emotions, feel excited, and it's like a break from routine and monotony? Is it something else that you are curious about cultures? You imagine yourself, maybe when you go to Egypt, a pharaonic <laughs> ruler or princess, <laughs> you go to Rome and you imagine yourself a female Caesar, <laughs> you go to London, you imagine yourself the queen <laughs> and all those alternate universes titillate your imagination. Or what about it? Is it the food since you love restaurants and etc. Maybe you love to eat a lot, all kinds of different food and um, seduce your palate with it. Or what about travel enchants you so much? Mix of things that you said, but most importantly, I think because through traveling, we learn about different cultures, you know, uh, different cuisines, you're interacting with different people of uh, the backgrounds, the way they were raised and um, kind of becoming in tune with all of that. It's so intriguing to me, um, you know, and I think um, I also do love to travel to historic places that have meanings. Um, I'll be honest with you, like I went to Turkey, but the main reason why I went to Turkey was because I always so fascinated by the Ottoman Empire and things of that sort. So that's why I went to Turkey. And I feel like most people wouldn't go to Turkey only for that reason. That's not the only reason I went, but the main reason I went was because of that. So it's a mix of the cuisine, the background, the culture, um, the history, and really being able to, you know, uh, relive um, those moments um, regarding that their historic places. And it's really, I think, um, makes you wiser in a way, you know, because you're learning about these different moments of time and people of different backgrounds. And, you know, you get to reflect and think of where you are today and where they were. And I think that's really beautiful. I love that. And then you said earlier that to the right people, you love to have deep conversations. You spoke now about going to places that have meaning, that let you reflect on and meditate on different time periods, different situations so that you feel wise. So is it in many ways that wisdom is something that you chase or crave, but in a positive way, that it's a very important part of your life? And if so, what does it give you? And do you notice that there are many people today who appreciate wisdom? Is it rare? Tell me more about this. How does wisdom play a part in the your personality and perspective and the way that you operate in the world? Yeah, definitely. I, I believe through traveling, we become wiser, right? Because we are, um, you know, a stepping out of your normal day-to-day uh, -day situations and it's causing you to adapt to you know the the new environments and I, I really I do believe that when you do successfully adapt to these new changes in life right whatever they may be but those are the key foundations of um, success of being able to adapt and then implementing those changes and having that positive mindset um, I feel like those are all matters that are really going to help push you through and, and get to that next level of life, whatever that may be. And traveling the world definitely opens up your eyes and shows you that there is so much more than just your perception of, you know, what your daily life is. And I think that's so beautiful and amazing. And I'm, I'm lucky that I'm able to be able to experience that. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, your biggest pursuit in life, like there is a pursuit of happiness to you, it's of growth. 
And that wisdom is in many ways the ladder or the tool, the way that you find the next opportunity for your growth. Is this correct? Yes, correct. I can resonate with that because to me, if I'm not growing at least 1% every day, I feel like I'm dying. I feel suffocated. I remember at one point, if I was like so busy during the day and it's sleep time, I will refuse to sleep. And I'll like learn something, read a book, check a webinar, whatever for 30 minutes. And then I'm like, oh, yes, I learned something new. Ah, now, finally, I can sleep so that I don't feel that the day is wasted. Do you operate in this way or how does it work for you? I definitely do. I definitely do resonate with that. And I feel like, like you said, if I'm if I'm not learning something new from my travels, from my daily life, if I'm not able to you know, implement you know, a lesson learned or that growth, then I, I feel like, okay, I didn't do my part today. And, you know, that can be from something simple as having that real conversation with a friend and, you know, learning something from that aspect, from anything, honestly. But I feel like it is so important that I, I crave wanting to have that, you know, uh, knowledge or growth or wisdom. And, and that's really important to me. I agree. And I'm very surprised you didn't mention that you love journaling or something because it will be a best fit for your personality. And I'll speak about, you said before you felt very attached to your family that maybe you wouldn't be able to operate in this world with some distance from them and you began building your own sovereignty and independence. You grew up in a family that has a, a culture, which is the culture of Afghanistan. And you are born and raised in the U.S., where the culture is, in many ways, very different, very strange, very culture-shocky compared to Afghanistan. How was it for you? My imagination, based on what we said so far, is you're the kind who doesn't really believe in being stuck in one place or one culture, but you pick like Bruce Lee, the best and cherry pick the best from all cultures, all places to build your own unique and eclectic kind of uh, culture and perspective. But in many ways, how was it growing up in an Afghani household surrounded by American people outside the door? <laughs> oh, it was very different. Um, being Afghan and connecting to my culture, it's really important to me. And, um, you know, growing up and even now at home, I try to only speak Farsi. And uh, I feel like it's important to be able to connect and speak my native language. But on that topic, actually, Farsi is my first language, not English, even though I was born and raised here. And it's hilarious because I went to my first day of school, like kindergarten, and I did not know a word of English. <laughs> I just knew what my name was and my house address. And it's almost, that's unheard of, I think, to hear because I was born and raised in America, but I showed up to the first day of school. I didn't know a word of English. And that just says because my household was just it felt like I was in Afghanistan inside my house and then outside of my house, it was like America. <laughs> so as a child, all I knew was Farsi and, you know, I was very Afghan. And then it was like I showed up to school and I didn't even know how to speak English. And I think it's hilarious. But <laughs> growing up, definitely um, my mom always would focus on cooking mainly Afghan dishes. Me and my sisters would help her out. We would um, really put importance on our holidays, um, you know, not only on the Islamic holiday Eid, but on our other holidays, such as Nowruz, which is New Year's. Um, it's Afghan New Year's. And so these are very important things that 
we still, you know, uh, do and take, you know, pride in because it's our way to keep that contact with our culture and feel like we're keeping that alive here in the U.S. I love that. And one of the participants in this project is human rights activist from Afghanistan who supports the rights of women to education there. And she writes poetry and books and is under death threats for all the work she does, but she doesn't stop. So this project supports very, very much the freedom, choice and rights of all women in the world, including and not limited to any part of uh, Afghanistan, etc. So I understand it fully and uh, completely. And to ask you a bit more, out of all the travels that you have traveled, you said that you were, for example, fascinated with the Ottoman Empire. What about it was something that fascinated you? Is it maybe a bit more uh, related to the people and those decisions that they could have made that were very, very difficult? Is it that they have different cultures and traditions? Is it the fashion and the outfits? Uh, is it just looking back in time and feeling not like a small grain of sand in this universe, but part of a big, big culture? Or how does it work for you? Yeah, sure. I think I was definitely um, fascinated in different aspects from about the different mix of cultures and, you know, all these different regions that at one point were under the Ottoman rule, right? From, you know, uh, like places like Algeria to Egypt to all of these countries at one point were under the Ottoman rule. But, you know, what fascinates me the most is how like a single decision that, you know, that Sultan, you can say at that time made could affect, you know, be such a huge thing that it could affect so many different regions and different people of cultures and how they were so very tolerant of, you know, the regions that they conquered, like they never oppressed anybody um, in terms of religion and allowing them to practice their religions. They never forced anyone to convert. And they were very uh, welcoming in terms of conquering their lands, but never really, um, I guess, um, really um, oppressing the people. And that to me resonates a lot. And just the significance of their power at one point and how they were faced with making difficult decisions and how I think at one point they were, you know, one of the strongest uh, empires in the world. And that to me is really amazing. Thank you. I noticed that you said you're a strong person, that you appreciate people with character, which is a form of personality strength. And now you spoke about like how one decision by a, a sultan could impact a whole big range of uh, parts of the world. So I believe that Power is in some ways interesting for you, fascinating, even worth studying and delving deeper into. So you as someone who loves growth, you as someone who appreciates uh, the possibility of having potential and creating it and turning it into reality, how does power fit within that? Are you interested and fascinated by the brains and the attitudes of powerful people? Is it more for yourself? You want to develop your personal power like Tony Robbins so that <laughs> you will develop yourself and your own uh, personal improvement? Or what is that? Because I want to see the connection 
between your desire for growth, because a lot of people who are into self-improvement and desire growth see power as a dirty word, but to you, it's something fascinating. So how does that operate? Well, I think that it stems from really, uh, you know, being able to have that mindset of it's important for me to be a strong, independent woman, right? That's very important to me. And I think it's uh, because my mom always taught me to be a strong, independent woman, um, to never rely off anyone. And so I think I was always had this mentality since I was a child. And then, you know, growing up, it was, I just, again, really put emphasis on being a strong, independent woman. Now, what does that mean to me? That means somebody who, you know, doesn't have to rely on anybody, somebody who is learning new things, somebody who is growing, somebody who's achieving their goals, somebody who, you know, if I put my mind something and it may be difficult and, you know, I'm going to be uncomfortable, but I'm going to push myself to do what I can. And so, but I think that is instilled because of how I was raised, um, that mentality. And I think that is what kind of pushed that fascination with, you know, the self-growth and, hey, you know what? It You really can do anything you put your mind to it. I know it sounds so cliche, but, it, you know, I've experienced that in different situations where, you know, I felt when I was younger, maybe I doubted myself, but, you know, there came a time when I, you know, sometimes I feel like I give myself pep talks where I, I tell myself, you know what, Miriam, you can do this and, you know, push it through. And, and I've seen that, you know what, it really is mentality. I, and I have been able to achieve those goals and push through, but, you know, it's definitely something that was, um, I guess, instilled and really, um, since I was a child, my mom always kind of pushed it down. Like, Hey guys, you have to be the strong, independent woman. And, you know, she was one and she was the role model. I think and salute your mom. And since you spoke about pep talks to end this, is there any pep talk or advice you can give to women who might feel stuck in their comfort zone and maybe their brain ruminates a lot on worries, on uh, anxieties, and therefore they don't dare to live up to their potential, go for their next step on their evolution and growth, and they feel that they're stagnating? What would you tell them that... If someone in the right place and in the right time hears, they might be impacted positively. Yeah, I think it's really important to put yourself first. And by that, I mean, you know, having your boundaries in life, having your goals in life and knowing what's important to you and prioritizing yourself. It all comes from within. If you don't put yourself first, nobody else will. And when you put yourself first, everything else will fall into place. The right people will come into your life you know, you will be able to go after the career or that goal that you want when you push yourself first. When you tell yourself that, you know what, I can put my mind to whatever it is and I can do it, then I you can. But if you have this mentality where you are doubting yourself, that's not going to help you. You need to be positive and really believing that, you know what, you can achieve your goals and, you know, you can get there. And, you know, just, just to tell yourself that, you know what, this discomfort or, you know, this difficulty in my life, whatever I'm going through, this is just temporarily, this is just part of my journey and I will get through it. But the most important thing is I need to push through and know that I will get to my end goal. I love that. Thank you so much, Mariam. It was my privilege and my honor to have you in this 
podcast to share your voice, your experience, a slice of your life and experience. And thank you again for participating. Thank you so much, Aziz, for this opportunity. Thank you for all the work that you do. Mm -hmm.